Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for Coffee and Booze. Clink! Good afternoon. Hey, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've got my coffee. I hope you have some booze. If not, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, you know, day drinking is a little... little I know. Nuts. We're going to have to... We'll have to schedule but, these for better times of the day, maybe. I know. It's true. Yeah. Although my allergies are like out of control. Me so too. It's hideous. I hate it. <laughs> the I'm, pollens are terrible. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Well, And we always do this thing in our house. Like I get a box of Claritin, but then everybody's like... We want to share the box, but at the same time, you feel like you're literally taking medicine from someone else because maybe right. maybe my allergies aren't as bad today, kind of a deal. So, and then I don't like the feeling where I feel medicated. So, but oh, anyway, yeah. we have fun things yeah. going on today. Yes. We do, yeah. So uh, we are going to be talking to Bethany Hoffer, who is an, uh, a, a pastor at a local church. Um, she's the youth pastor, and then she's also involved with the Phoenix Center, which is an after-school program for um, students grades three through eight. Um, so we're going to be talking to her a little bit about her passions and her self-declared introvertedness. Yes, right? two things that so, you know I love to talk about. I, I love to talk about both of those things. One, because I feel everyone deserves to explore their passions and I am so fascinated by how our passions never leave us even when we think we're on a different path and I love to talk about introverted ism and extroverted ism uh, because um, uh, I I think it's interesting how people will peg you as one thing when sometimes you've got multiple things so I'm super excited for today's yeah, discussion absolutely well it just got me thinking a little bit about um, how sometimes in our organizations we do stuff to put ourselves out there uh, so Jasmine the burning mm-hmm. question for the day is what have you done that uh, in your organization um, or in one of your jobs to put yourself out there um, in a way that that made you a little uh, vulnerable or uncomfortable? Oh, so yeah. So this is an interesting question for me because I literally teach vulnerability. Like it's literally something that, you know, I talk um, at the collegiate level about the best teachers are those who are not afraid to show their students that they can be uncomfortable, particularly when you're working in technology and those pieces, because technology can cause such emotions for people of confidence versus uh, feeling um, very insufficient kind of a deal. But then on the theater stage, we teach that as well because you don't get an authentic um, uh, performance if you don't have authenticity and you don't have vulnerability. So it's funny because I am so afraid of being vulnerable and so afraid of these things. And so I wind up doing a lot of things. So, um, but I really try to challenge myself in that way. So specifically for the theater organization, um, one of the, the biggest, most vulnerable things that I do is really growing that program outside of the school walls. You know, it would have been really easy to say this is an organization that just, you know, puts on a, a production to be proud of, but then we're done. But really when we opened the walls up and we said, no, this is about community education and so we do things like we have script reads in the the community and we invite parents and community members to come and be a part of that Um, that was a really big gamble because people are not used to supporting an organization like ours in that way Um, and so that was a huge gamble and thankfully we had some great wins and so um, you know it was it was a big risk though because it could have been like yo get back on that high school stage
stage and don't come out of your doors kind of a deal. (laughs) Uh, But if I'm being honest, I will tell you the scariest thing I do every single year, uh, which is that I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't ask other people to do things that you won't do yourself. And so every year I perform alongside my students as part of their winter cabaret. And so um, I'm always asking them to take the leap, to put themselves out there, to be vulnerable and be the only one on the stage. And so um, I do that every year. And so they have to watch me memorize my lines, be afraid that I'm going to forget them, which is something that the older I get and the more distracted I am, the more is a concern. Um, And they get to watch me be nervous and have to be vulnerable and stand in front of 600 people and do that. And so it's one of the scariest things that I do uh, for sure. And I really do do it so that they can see and respect that to see that I have the respect for what I put them through, because I really am a firm believer that you shouldn't ask other people to do things that you would not be willing to do yourself. So yeah, Yeah. scary stuff for the organization and scary stuff for my students, but I know it's, it's best for them. So how about you? What, what puts you out of that comfort zone and makes you scared? (laughs) <laughs> well, so um, we every year we do a summer lunch food drive. Uh, our organization, um, there's a lot to it, but based, the the short of it is uh, we have a geographically large uh, school district. And so asking families to bring their students every day to a site feeding program is basically out of the question. And so our organization does a summer lunch food program every year that provides breakfast and lunch components for the students in the school district who comes and accesses our services. So we do a uh, kind of town-wide uh, summer lunch food drive where we have little information cards about our summer lunch food program and then we stand at doors and ask people to either go and purchase items that we're looking for or um, give us you know some financial resources in order to do that and I kind of hate it (laughs) but I actually really love it Um, I know it makes you crazy that I do I love this project one because I I care about the students so much obviously and I have such a close tie but it's really there to make sure that those students who sometimes their only hot meal is breakfast and lunch at school that they're still getting but the other piece yeah the other piece wrong here is that the it's not the it's not the, the the food program. It's the summer lunch food drive. I know so, it's so uh, yes. much. So and and so <laughs> I'll every, get to that in a second. Go ahead. Every yeah. year we have our organization. We ask our students to volunteer and do it, and it always makes me so nervous because I don't want to let you down if we don't have enough volunteers. And I never feel like we have enough volunteers from our organization. But I did go back and look, and you know we've had a steady increase every year. So yeah, I'm hoping that yeah. that we can continue to do that. My students are sometimes slow in number to get there, but every Every yeah. student who comes and works with your organization doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they sign up for extra hours. They do other things. So yeah, I'm no, hoping as summer yeah. comes that we're going to get a little bit more and more. So, yeah. yeah. So no, what is it that good. makes you so, what is it? So, Tell us. <laughs> it's, it's the vulnerability, right? Um, I am standing outside of a store asking a complete stranger to support an organization who they may or may not know about. They may or may not have been clients of. Um, maybe they've had a bad experience with that kind of thing. Um, the, the central PA, Lebanon County thing is like someone standing there asking you for something just walk away oh it's the worst yeah people yelling at us from across the alley or like across the parking lot like don't talk to me Mm because they see us standing there kind of thing Um, but what it is for me is that I'm asking for something um, and so I was able to frame this like I'm asking for something that's not even for me and I have such a hard time for it Mm -hmm. think about how hard it is for some of our families to step foot in our doors oh and to ask for help oh completely right yeah yeah, that's what totally 
really levels me in this whole thing is like it's a good exercise for me once a year to stand outside and fill in the gaps like I'll, I'll cover bathroom yeah. breaks or do whatever so it's not even that I'm taking a whole shift of this um, but it's man I, like it gets to me it like it, it just really gets to me and so you know just thinking about oh my gosh like I'm doing this and it's not even for me like think about what it takes for a family to have to come and say I can't feed my kids that's well and that's that piece about putting yourself out there right I I don't put myself out there to sing on that stage because I need people to clap for me I mean quite honestly I can do that right. in my piano room and my puppies will be thrilled like I don't necessarily need to be doing that but I do need to put myself in the shoes of the individuals mm-hmm. that I am trying to teach them how to be vulnerable teach them how to be honest teach them how to communicate when they're scared imagine the co-workers you had if they have those skills like your organization is transformed at that point because we have better collaboration we have better communication and that's what you're doing right you can now talk to people on a level of being like I'm out of my comfort zone and I have to remember that that's what I'm trying to help here that's what I'm trying to do for sure yeah yeah we also uh you and I had a a funny little competition a little while ago we did we did I love this (laughs) I know and it's so funny because you you have to tell everybody about it and I don't think I realized how out of your comfort zone this made you I I don't think I I don't think I realized so tell no it's it's funny so uh we decided to have a, a trivia night um or, mm-hmm. that we do um in january which has been a really fun night for us and and raises a little bit of money for our organizations and is a good way for us to cross section you know it's a friend's uh friends raiser and a fundraiser all at the same time right mm-hmm. um so we decided we, we we did these uh 30 second like promos that we put out on facebook or social media and we had a deal whoever got the most likes what like shares views that kind of all thing of put it all together mm-hmm. um the other person would have to go out on the at the clock at the town square you know the town square of Palmer, imagine um, our tiny with, town mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> with a with a sign or in some kind of of costume or I, I that's right we were going to get you like the pea costume if, if you lost yeah and so we were as, doing legally blonde that year so you were going you had to stand at the um at the town square in a dog costume like bruiser from yes, legally blonde yes. and I would have needed to now we've already given you a spoiler alert here that I clearly won um but I would have stood <laughs> at the town square um in a pea costume like a vegetable pea costume uh to raise awareness for the caring cupboard um yeah so yeah so I chose yeah we 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 got the costume I still have the costume just in case you know for posterity's sake Uh, and then I wore a little pink collar and painted my nose and then I held a sign for your pancake breakfast you did and it wasn't it honestly if I if I was somewhere else and I didn't know anybody wouldn't have cared but there were people beeping at me and like (laughs) people just staring people taking pictures it was also like 12 degrees outside it was it was terribly cold and I felt I felt really (laughs) terrible about that and I served you hot pancakes afterwards I did but uh but it was really it was it was fun to do a challenge like and to do that and to raise awareness for our organizations which was great I do have a confession to make which is I have a matching dog costume to yours because I always felt a little guilty about such a thing and I thought maybe we could do a combined piece that puts us both out of our uh, comfort zones and we could both have dog costumes and maybe we'll raise some money for something great like uh, yeah, maybe something. maybe the humane society or you know yeah, something like, like that yeah. I don't know pause or something you know it's yes. funny and I'm like honestly I didn't think that it would be that big of a deal because I'm such an extrovert and I don't really care I don't I, I don't have shame like it's you know whatever but when I got out there and people were beeping their horn at me I was like oh we're at a different level <laughs> so, <laughs> and I 
did a live, a Facebook live. So it, there was evidence. I was nice. actually out there. Um, and, you know, it was funny. And I remember Mark was, it was like around the time he was having some health issues. Mm-hmm. And I remember you texting me saying, thank you for your video because it made him just howl. It, it so did. Like, it that made was his totally day. worth it. Yeah. It totally made Mark's day because, you know, he loves and adores you and he loves and adores both of our organizations. And I think it just, it made him feel so good. Um, my husband, Mark, has lived in this town um, for his entire life, pretty much. Um, and so it's interesting because we're transplants here and he has such pride for all of those things that we do that, yeah. that you know, much of which puts us out of our comfort zone, which is funny because he's not someone who would put himself out of his comfort zone in that same kind of way. So maybe, yeah. maybe we represent him well. or not, you know, that's all Correct. good. So, Correct. Yeah, yes. So. But it helps you, it definitely helped you show your passions, right? Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the other I think the other thing that uh, we want to talk to Bethany about today is um, being able to live out passions, even when you're not doing exactly what you thought you were going to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I talked to, I talk a little bit about this as um, in our in our pilot mm-hmm. episode about coming to LVC as an elementary education major and was like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, this is not for me. Uh, but what was my passion and quickly discovering that um you know, just being on the helping end of things was really what I, I wanted to do. And being able to volunteer at the Karen Cupboard for a, a very long time, um, almost 10 years before becoming paid staff there, was uh, definitely a way to really uh, be able to, to live out that passion without it being uh, tied to a paycheck. And mm-hmm. so it really tested whether or not this was something I really wanted to engage in over the long term. So um, I'm sure I know you have similar stories, right, about yeah, the other world. Yeah, so I do I mean you know when you're when you're a theater kid you're sort of like that from birth you know I'm sure that my parents could tell stories of me singing and dancing as as a small child but for me it really did become about um, exploring the stories of others and being able to share the stories of others and my original career path um, was really um, I was a pre-law major I was I was gonna you know thought about going on to law school and kind of diverged from that a little bit, still studied English, still studied political science. Um, but I always had this musical piece in me that was going to be there. And I think really what that desire to, um, to go into law was really about was really about expression and a fighting for those things that I thought, uh, was really the right side of things. And I don't mean the, you know, I just mean the, the side of, of justice and the side of, of communication and the side of, of being able to help people have a voice for themselves. Um, in fact, I found like my freshman year essay that I had to do from college and it was all about how I thought law would help people be able to express their voice and so um, in so many ways my passion is still that way you know um, theater clearly does that and helps people find a voice but so does technology especially in today and age and how to really find equity in that voice Um, one of the things that I've always wanted to make sure is that there is an equity and there's not a world of haves and have nots and it really concerns me when it's not a, a level playing field and so you know whether it's helping students find their footing on the theater stage and have the skills to be evenly footed there to use their voice or whether it's the ability to have people use technology on a more even playing field and be able to use that as a way to express themselves that passion's always been there in that way you know for sure so so it's funny how you so I can't wait to talk with Bethany some about you know um, what got her here to Palmyra I actually don't know what got her here to Palmyra so I'm excited to hear about that and um, and she is such a wonderful person you introduced the two of us I met Bethany through a, a book club uh, which oh, yes, was really the, sweet. Mm-hmm. The one year short lived book club, but it was fun. Well, it, it lasted. was fun yeah. while it lasted. Sometimes you gotta, <laughs> sometimes you gotta say no to things. And that happened to be ours that we, that we triaged off to the side. Right. But, um, yeah, so I'm super excited to, to talk with Bethany. I would say that she is, um, 
such a quiet influence. And I just love that. And I admire that. And I'm so excited to talk with her today. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, Look forward to it. Definitely. Well, today we welcome Bethany. Bethany, can you introduce yourself for us? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, So I'm Bethany and I came to Palmyra, what, like almost 10 years ago now. Um, I work at a church as a youth pastor um, and I also work at the Phoenix Youth Center. So I'm surrounded by middle schoolers all day, every day. (laughs) And that's a passion of its own. Which leads us... a special person. It does take a special person. And it leads us to one of our very first questions, which is, how would you define what is your passion? Yeah. um, So I always wanted to work with at-risk kids. Um, I actually went to college thinking that I would do social work. And I kind of wish I would have stuck with that, but it just, like, didn't fit at all. (laughs) Well, the background would be good. Just kidding. With these kids, the background would be good. Yeah, sure. But um, it, like, didn't fit at all. So I, like, switched my major to religion, which felt like a much better fit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I came and I was working at this church. And then all of a sudden now I have all these at-risk kids. Um, so it's funny how... You got back to your passion. Yeah. like no, Life has a way of yeah. doing that. We, <laughs> we've talked about that some, and we continue to do so, of that, like, the passions you have, it's in you. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I think this question is so important and where we start um, with every one of our interviews is because we really see it as our job to help people get to the conclusion and get to the fulfillment of that passion, because that's how our community is really going to be the best and the strongest, right, is if we're all fighting for those passions that we have. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. So it's interesting, Bethany, you should probably talk about how you got to Palmyra because yeah. there's connection to the Karen Covered here in, in oh, a yeah, roundabout yeah. sort of way, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like how I got to Palmyra yeah. in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first so I grew place, up yeah. in Ohio, went to college in Indiana. While I was in college, um, our denomination, uh, the Church of the Brethren, does these intern programs in the summer called Ministry Summer Service. And so I applied to it because it's a scholarship program. Um, and they just match you with the congregation. So I got matched in Palmyra. Um, so I came out here for my first summer, and it was a great experience. Um, first time I really worked with youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second summer, they asked me to return. Mm-hmm. So I did it again. And then my that year, I was a senior, and I was graduating, looking into seminary, looking into things to do. And they were looking for a youth pastor. So... Um, it just it was worked out so well. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, and and your first summer and your second summer, you stayed with Terry Baker. Yes, right? I so, stayed with the Baker. Yeah, so My, Terry being the yeah. one of the founding people of the Karen Cupboard. So there's some mm-hmm. pretty strong and a ties. Retired teacher of the high school. Yeah, where yeah, I am. yeah so exactly. Life, life in a small town. Yeah. yeah, one of the ways you thrive in a small town is these people who are the staples of it wind up getting the right people involved in the right place. Yeah. So Terry's definitely one of those people. For My me. first day, so we got off the plane. And in the evening and I stayed the night and then the next day we did a food run so my first day there's a picture of me in the back of a car just like covered in like produce (laughs) because we did a produce run so that was my very first experience in Palmyra was Helping out food. the Karen Cover. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit about something with you this week, which is that they're your self-proclaimed introvert. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> tell, can you tell us a little bit about that? Why, why you feel it's important to sort of make that distinction in your life? And then we kind of want to talk a little bit about how does that help and hinder your passion some and, and yeah. your deliverance of that. So can you tell us a little bit? Yeah. So I'm introverted in that I, I don't – I lose energy when I'm around people. Like, it just sucks my energy. But it's also like a passion of mine. So it's 
the strange dynamic, um, but also introverted in that I'm, I'm a little more reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that it's best for me to like latch myself onto people who are more outgoing and more extroverted, um, and just kind of like ride in there. Tail waves. <laughs> <laughs> well, and really to compliment, right? Yeah, like we talk absolutely. so often about how the the success of of small town community service comes from complimenting yeah. each other and being aware enough of enough to see that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're so perceptive in doing so and mm-hmm. doing exactly that. Well, as a, so, I'm director of youth ministry, mm-hmm. so um, there's a lot of coordinating, um, and it's so helpful to have volunteers who can do the things that I know I'm not good at. Um, or other staff members who compliment you well. Um, we have a, our children's director is so much better at going out and just like grabbing people. And then when she grabs them, I can sit and have a conversation with somebody, but I'm not the one to go out and be like, hey, do you want to like join in and do this thing? Um, so it's great to position yourself with people right. and gather volunteers yeah. who are going to compliment and, each and other. And that's a skill for yeah. anybody, right? So it's it's about putting the people on your team who can yeah. do the things that you need to have happen. And mm-hmm. yeah, and we see that play out. We all have those complimented people, the people you know you can call on when mm-hmm. you need X thing done, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's part of networking. But it's yeah. great when you have that that self awareness to know these are not my skills, but I can find the people and latch onto them. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very intuitive. Yes. For Definitely sure. something I grew into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. So do you find that you're trying to help teach that skill of self-awareness and how to maximize those skills with the youth that you work with? Um, Yeah, like not like maybe intentionally, Mm -hmm. but in a roundabout way. Um, If they have things that they're wanting to do and they discover they're not very good at it, it's like, hey, well, why don't you go ask him because he's really good at it and maybe you can work together to do stuff like that. Um, That's like youth ministry every day absolutely <laughs> like, right and it's about it's really community building is oh what it absolutely is. We, we are just it's all violent. about relationships totally yes. right and so teaching that from such a young age and building those relationships we could not thrive without yeah it. like there's mm-hmm. just there's no land that we could do that right yeah yeah absolutely. and we're I, actually all three of us are transplants to palmyra mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what has your experience been like having to put yourself out there, right, mm-hmm. to kind of be a part of the community um, and the culture. We talked yeah. a little bit about mm-hmm. Lebanon County culture. It's very different from Western PA and, mm-hmm. and beyond. Ohio, we're not too terribly far away from yeah. each other, um, from my roots. So, yeah, how, how have you experienced that? So the culture is sort of similar to how I grew up, and I think it's a lot of the Church of the Brethren started Pennsylvania Duchy. So my family is, like, very brethren. Um, so some of that reservedness and the non-confrontation, con- non-confrontational stuff in the passive, like that's definitely something I grew up with and I see mm-hmm. that everywhere here. Um, yeah. What was your other question? I'm <laughs> sorry, I was question stacking. That's yeah. right. uh, But just the idea of like how to then engage and like how do you put yourself out there in the community yeah. even when you have to like put yourself in a position where like you hate it, but mm-hmm. you know that like in order to get things done, you have to be connected. You just have to do right? it. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, you just have to do it. <laughs> um, so the Phoenix Center, I knew that it existed when I moved here and I knew that I kind of wanted to be to be connected with it. I at least wanted to know like what was going on there. Um, my push came through seminary because I needed an internship mm-hmm. and I could do something different from church and I didn't want to do congregational because I was already in that setting. Mm-hmm. You were looking um, to vary your experience yeah. and this, and it sounds like it's pulling yeah. right on your passion. It is. It, right? was, it was the push I needed. Yeah. <laughs> so I just contacted Chelsea and Chelsea was so easy to, to talk to and 
I proposed my idea to volunteer at the Phoenix Center, and she was like, well, absolutely, you can do that. Mm-hmm. So You have the um, biggest smile on your face when you're mm-hmm. talking about this, and just I yeah. think you're actually surprised that your whole world is going back to your passion. I know. It's I love it. No, <laughs> I love it, and that's why you know we knew we wanted to talk with you today because yeah. we admire so much what you do for our community and don't even think you realize how much you do in that way, yeah. and so it was. it's kind of been cool to sit here yeah. and watch you, like, I don't know that you stop and think about how you're living your passion. And I'm really (laughs) glad that we could do that. I think that's really important to be able to be someone who thrives in a community like ours where we're all doing so much work and we're trying to do these things to not get exhausted Mm -hmm. is to remember that pride that comes from that. You're living your passion, Bethany. How like not everybody in the world gets the incredible privilege that we get to be able to do for others the way that we do. And and so I'm so thrilled that you're here to talk with us about it. Yes, (laughs) it's awesome. So definitely. That's amazing. So how has your role grown at the Phoenix? Center because you started out as an an intern volunteer and now talk a little bit about that. Yeah so I started out I don't even know like four years ago maybe um, just volunteering and so I was helping in the homework room and it was just kind of like space to to get to know the kids a little and there's a little bit of interaction in the homework room Um, otherwise they're doing their homework so it's Mm -hmm. fairly quiet back there Um, but in the the gym I mostly just kind of I hung out with them a little bit and I was doing more like um activities with them so we would do games every once in a while or have some sort of craft to do and I don't really do that as much now um so that was kind of nice as an intern you had a little more flexibility because they had the staff Mm -hmm. um and then I was learning about how they do their everything behind the scenes the the food and the setup and the teardown and all that stuff Um, But now, um, I did come on staff, um, I don't know, like my second or third year there, mostly just to fill in. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I have recently taken on the position as coordinator. So we're doing more things like we have somebody come in to do yoga with the kids. Um, We had somebody come in and do martial arts with them. So it's trying trying to introduce them to new things Mm -hmm. and new ideas. and we should we should talk and a have a we should have a musical theater group come in and do. We just did a yeah. workshop at the, all of the elementaries this week. Yeah. We could totally come in and do that, and that would be fantastic. Our students yeah, are always absolutely. looking for ways they can you know take what they do outside into the community and help people see how they can use their voice to be excellent tellers of stories. And yeah, it sounds yeah. like it might be a good. Oh, that would be might fun. be a, might be yeah. really fun and really great. Um, That'd be a good so match. we'll yeah. have to talk about that. Yeah, yes. we have some kids so, that are in theater too, so I think that they would love that. Oh yeah, that, that would, would be great. great. So uh, just to back up a little bit, the Phoenix Center is an after school program yes. that runs uh, eight, third grade to eighth grade. Is that yes. right? Okay. And they it's until 6 p.m. on thir- Monday through Thursday and then 5 p.m. 5 p.m. on Fridays. Fridays. Yeah. yeah. So it's a free program. Yep. Um, largely sponsored by our United Way in Lebanon County. And mm-hmm. Lebanon County's United Way uh, two years ago went to a more impact model. And so the Karen Cupboard helps to support the Phoenix Center through yeah. low income, low cost food items and that sort of thing. Um, but you have all of these other kind of the agencies all kind of work together. So the yeah. library does the programming. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of all, ha- we're all yeah. sort of in the in the pot together here, you know, which is kind yeah. of nice. Yeah. Well, and it's really cool. Like this year, so in the past, we've only had like snack bar. You can buy food. And this year we started doing um, free snacks for the kids, more healthier things with the help of the can covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, like applesauce and peaches and granola bars and stuff that the kids can just take, which is great. And you see the kids taking the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to be able to provide something for the kids that may not be able to purchase food right. other than um, when they do homework, uh, they do get a ticket for doing their homework to get mm-hmm. a free snack. Um, but otherwise, that was the only way that they could get food. So um, 
that's been a really great addition. Yeah, it's a great community yeah. collaboration. Absolutely. It is, and I think it's been sort of working out my passion and your passion, which mm-hmm. is low-risk youth and, and just feeding people. Like, it's such a basic thing that we can do, but it's yeah. so it's so important. And you think of the life of the church and how, you know, communion becomes a thing because you're breaking bread with people. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the love feast mm-hmm. and all of those things and how food for me is spiritual, right? Yeah. So it's it's a really cool yeah, marriage. Food for me this. becomes that their brains are well-fueled. Mm -hmm. So that they can do, you know, I'm asking them to do very high level cognitive work. I'm asking them to not only read and recite, but also to think about the meaning of that. So, you know, there's this high level cognitive thought. And if your body is not fed, Mm -hmm. um, it can't function. And so it Mm -hmm. it allows for us to talk about fueling your body and taking care of your body. So this idea of of community collaboration is so grand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So otherwise... um, you have a growing family. I do have a growing family. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I have a 16-month-old, uh, very active little boy named Victor, um, and then we're expecting them 17, just over 17 weeks pregnant with our second. That's so. exciting. Are you going yeah. to find out the baby? We are not. We did not find out with Victor, mm-hmm. and we we decided that was kind There's of There's a few yeah. true surprises in life, so that's I can right. totally understand yeah. that. For yeah, sure. that's Absolutely. pretty awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. We do have a few a few more questions, though. Yes. Shyla. Yep. Yeah, so I you come from to- teetotaler land, so you may not be able to answer this question, and that's okay. But, you know, we are coffee beans and booze, and so one of the questions that mm-hmm. we ask is, what is your favorite booze? Or you could... Mm. You could virgin drink is fine, too. Like, now you're <laughs> oh, pregnant, no. so, like, you can't... Yeah, I can't right now. <laughs> no, right now, right now. Um, I have some of that free wine in my fridge right now. It's the alcohol removed wine. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a we had a girl na- girls night a week or so ago, and so so they brought the wine for them, and then I got my bottle of <laughs> alcohol removed wine. Very thoughtful of them. Very thoughtful of them. So is there yeah, a so drink you're, you're waiting to have? I I like wine and okay. I like ciders. I'm not a okay. beer. I just I can't get into the taste of beer, yeah. but I really enjoy. What it. kind of wine do you like? Um, I like the. Like more sweet, but not like super sweet. It's, okay. it's gone from I have to have super sweet to yeah, getting yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That comes dry. with age, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for Dark sure. and dry, yeah. like uh-huh. my soul yeah, and sense of yeah. humor. <laughs> oh, you're too funny, yes. Yeah. So the flip side of that is I represent the coffee beans in this mm-hmm. partnership here. What's your favorite fruit fruit coffee drink? Do you have mm, one? I get a white mocha. That's oh. my favorite. And Christmas time is the white peppermint mocha. Yes, so good, yeah. right? Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, we will definitely have to get together, yeah. share some coffee, maybe decaf right now. It will be for me for sure. Yeah. Oh, I, still, I still drink the caffeine. <laughs> yeah, no. Just one cup a day. Uh, yeah, it's, it's within guidelines. <laughs> That's You're right. Fine. You're good. That's yeah. Right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. This was great. Yes. So, Thank you. Yes. Enjoy. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I'm Shyla. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town. It's Kevin and Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink.